Good afternoon, this is Caleb Arend with the Walk With God podcast and YouTube channel. Today is the 11th of May, 2020. It is Monday, so happy Monday to everybody. I hope everybody has had a great Mother's Day yesterday and that all the mothers listening or all the children listening have wished your mother a a happy Mother's Day and all the mothers have had a a great day to themselves and to celebrate them because how lost would this world really be without the love and the compassion of mothers? John Wesley, uh, I've heard it quoted a lot but he used to he said that he learned more from his mother about theology and about Christ than he did from the theologies of many different doctors and colleges and courses and lessons and preaching and education and so a mother's impact it cannot be overstated and the same should and could be said also for a father's but we're celebrating the mother today just want to say this is a makeup podcast episode for the 10th of May for Mother's Day. I was talking to my mother and I was also celebrating in the house of the Lord and it was a glorious thing to be able to go into the house of the Lord and worship him there yesterday. And for the future, I would just like to note that I will probably not be doing podcasts on Sundays anymore, but I will be trying to record a podcast for Sunday just the night before or the day before so that that can be put out for everybody to have that for Sunday if they'd like to listen to it. Thanks once again for listening. This is Caleb Aron, and today we're going to be reading from Psalm 106, finishing Psalm 106. We're going to read from Samuel chapters 8 and 9, then Proverbs chapter 14, verses 34 and 35, and John chapter 6. The second episode that we're going to do today is going to be Psalm 107, 1 Samuel 10 and 11, Proverbs 15, 1 through 3, and then John 6, 43 through 71. But before we get started, let's open with a word of prayer for today. Heavenly Father, Lord, please bless this time that we have to study your word. I pray that you would make it a blessed time, that we would learn well from your word. And Lord, please help us to take your message, your straightforward, simple, literal, translated message for us that we have to be able to apply to our hearts, to our minds, to our lives, that we can understand the character that you have revealed about yourself, that uh, the promises that you have made to us that are being fulfilled now, even as we speak, the prophecies that you've given to foretell about things that are going to come to pass. Lord, help us to look forward to your glorious return and coming, and help us to live as if you could come, because you really could each day. Help us to live that you're like you are coming today. Help us to do your will, Father, I pray. And Lord, please uh, bless the listeners. Please bless our nation and please revive us again, O Lord. Help us to turn back to you as a nation and as a country that stands for the word and stands on the foundation, the strong and sure foundation of the word of God. Lord, please lead and guide our leaders, all of our congressmen, president, vice president, mayors, pastors, governors, and representatives and judges. And especially please protect all of our first responders, our nurses, our doctors, our police officers, our soldiers, and keep them safe and out of harm's way. But please, Lord, I pray especially for our missionaries. Please provide for them, especially during this time. And please heal, Lord, all those that are suffering from cancer and from this virus. Please heal and please let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's turn to Psalm 106. And we're reading from verses 32 through 48 today. 
They angered him also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes, because they provoked his spirit, so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen, and learned their works. And they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters to, unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan and the land was polluted with blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works and went a-whoring with their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry, and he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen, praise ye the Lord. Psalm 106 was a historical praise psalm, remembering everything that the Lord had done for the nation of Israel and for his people, all the promises that he had made unto them, starting with Abraham, going, and then how he fulfilled all those promises through Egypt, through Moses, through Aaron, through Joshua, through uh, giving them the land, but how many times they provoked the Lord to anger or they provoked their leaders to anger and they rebelled against the Lord and they went and served other false gods and false idols and it's sadly in verses uh, 38 it even says that they shed their own sons and daughters blood unto the idols and this would be unto the idol false god Molech which was in following after that false idol that demanded that type of worship. And, but many times, even when they rebelled against the Lord, and he delivered them into the hands of people that oppressed them then, to teach them a lesson, to chasten them, and they turned, and then they cried unto him. He had very many mercies upon them, mercies in terms of magnitude, and bringing them back into the land, and delivering them from their oppressors, and in many different times, repeating that mercy to that number of mercies. And so because of the eternal everlasting multitude of mercies of the Lord and for everything that he has done for them, the psalmist is saying, praise the Lord and pray unto the Lord. Ask him to save us, gather us from the heathen and give to give thanks unto thy holy name and triumph in thy praise. Verse 47. And then verse 48, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting and let all the people say, amen, praise ye the Lord, and we should say amen to that and praise the Lord. All right, now turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 8, and we're going to read chapters 8 and 9. And it came to pass, when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together, and came to Samuel unto Ramah, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations." But the thing displeased Samuel, when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. 
And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons, and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands, and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war, and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries, and to be cooks, and to be bakers. And he will take your fields, and your vineyards, and your olive yards even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and ye shall be his servants. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we may also be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us, and go out before us, and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of the Israel, Go ye every man unto his city. Chapter 9 now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bechoroth, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man, and a goodly, and there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward he was higher than any of the people. And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise, go seek the asses. And he passed through Mount Ephraim, and passed through the land of Shalisha, but they found them not. And then they passed through the land of Shalim, and there they were not. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. And when they were come to the land of Zuph, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come, and let us return, lest my father leave caring for the asses, and take thought for us. And he said unto him, Behold now, there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he saith come, uh, cometh surely to pass. Now let us go thither, peradventure he can show us our way that we should go. Then said Saul to his servant, But behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels, and there is not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? And the servant answered Saul again, and said, Behold, I have here at hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver. That will I give to the man of God, to tell us our way. Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, Come, and let us go to the seer, for he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. Then said Saul to his servant, Well said, Come, let us go. So they went unto the city where the man of God was. And as they went up the hill to the city, they found young maidens going out to draw water, and said unto them, Is the seer here? And they answered them, and said, He is. Behold, he is before you. Make haste now, for he came today to the city, for there is a sacrifice of the people today in the high place. 
As soon as ye be come into the city, ye shall straightway find him, before he go up to the high place to eat, for the people will not eat until he come, because he doth bless the sacrifice, and afterwards they eat that be bidden. Now therefore get you up, for about this time ye shall find him. And they went up into the city, and when they were come into the city, behold, Samuel came out against them for to go up to the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow, about this time, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people, because their cry is come unto me. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said unto him, Behold, the man whom I spake to thee of, this same shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate, and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is? And Samuel answered Saul, and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place, for ye shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let thee go, and will tell thee all that is in thine heart. And as for thine asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them, for they be found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee, and on all thy father's house? And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? And Samuel took Saul and his servant, and brought them into the parlor, and made them sit in the chiefest place among them that were bidden, which were about thirty persons. And Samuel said unto the cook, Bring the portion which I gave thee, of which I said unto thee, Set it by thee. And the cook took up the shoulder, and that which was upon it, and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Behold, that which is left, set it before thee, and eat. For unto this time hath it been kept for thee, since I said, I have invited the people. So Saul did eat with Samuel that day. And when they were come down from the high place into the city, Samuel communed with Saul upon the top of the house. And they arose early, and it came to pass about the spring of the day that Samuel called Saul to the top of the house, saying, up, that I may send thee away. And Saul arose, and they went out, both of them, he and Samuel abroad. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid the servant to pass on before us. And he passed on, But stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of God. Here in First Samuel chapter 8, we see that Samuel is now getting old, and he had placed his sons in positions of power, but they were corrupt, and they were sought after riches and filthy lucre, and they took bribes, and they did not do faithful judgment, and they were not fit to be the next judges and prophets of Israel. And so the people, the elders of Israel, come to Samuel and tell them, tell him that they would have have a king to be like all the other nations around them. How many times do we see that today that some Christians or some people, they want to be like all the rest of the world around them. They don't want to be separate. They don't want to be different from the world. And how sad that is. And the Lord says unto Samuel that they are not rejecting you. They are rejecting me. But hearken unto them anyway. But solemnly protest unto them. And so Samuel gives the people the word of the Lord that he has heard. And he warns them that this king that they will be, that will be appointed over them will reign over them with rigor. He will make captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And he will... Uh, take the land from you. He'll take your vineyards. He'll take your, your olive yards. He'll take a tenth of your sheep. He'll take a tenth of your grain. He'll take everything 
He'll take a lot from you, and it will not be as easy as you think it will be, and it won't be as good. But the people said, Nay, nay, we will have a king. Have Make us a king. Put, us, put a king over us, and that we may be like all the nations round about us, and that he can go out and fight our battles for us, and he can lead us to victory. So the people here have an illusion that if they anoint and appoint a king over them, that he will go and he will defeat all of their armies for them, they won't have to do as much work. They won't have to deliver themselves. They won't have to trust in God, and they won't have to deal with the chastening of God. But all of that is a lie, and all of that is an illusion. And so Samuel, they reject his warning, and they reject what he has said. And so Samuel sends them away and tells them, Go ye every man to unto his city. The Lord then, chapter 9, speaks to him and lets Samuel know that tomorrow, the day, uh, the ne very next day, that he will deliver the man that is to be king and that he is to anoint to be king over all of Israel. And so we see that, uh, later in this chapter that Samuel makes preparations for this. And so for the sacrifice of the city where he was at, the, uh, he had the men and the cooks make ready a portion of the sacrifice even to be set aside to be ready for when this man comes that was going to be king over Israel. And so then he goes down and he's waiting at the gate of the city for Saul to arrive. He just doesn't know who is going to arrive and who it's going to be. But Saul, the son of Kish, of the family of Benjamin. Now, if you remember Benjamin, Benjamin in the book of Judges was smitten by all the rest of the nations of Israel. And this was not a very long time ago, but it was within the past uh, 50 to 100 years that Benjamin had been smitten. And so Saul now is a tri uh, part of that tribe of Benjamin. So he later he says, I'm of the smallest tribe and I'm of the smallest house and ha smallest family of the smallest tribe. There had not been a ton of time left for them to regrow and take all of their inheritance and grow up all their flocks and herds and everything that had been killed since that time. And so uh, Benjamin was not a rich tribe, but the Lord, he calls even those that are not rich or the, those that do not seem themselves or think of themselves as very powerful. Many times he calls the humble and those that will be yielded to his leading. Saul, uh, the son of Kish, is looking for the two donkeys that his father had lost or that had wandered away from their property. And so Saul takes the servant and they're looking for them and look at, looking for them for a while. And they go through Mount Ephraim and they go to the land of Zuf, it says. And then Saul says to his servant, uh, let's, let's go back. Uh, they'll start worrying our father my father will start worrying about us now instead of worrying about the donkeys because we've been gone so long and they said that the bread in their containers was all gone so they're out of food they don't really have any money they don't have any other provisions so it's time to go back but the servant gives a simple word to Saul and says there's a seer there's a prophet in this village let's go and visit him I have a quarter shekel of silver let's I'll give that to him as a gift and we'll find out what he says to us maybe he'll tell us where the donkeys are or something. So they go to this land. And how many times does it happen that a word that somebody you know that has given to you is the way that God wanted you to go? That's why we should hearken sometimes unto the wise counsel, especially if we know those people to be good, faithful, honest, true Christians. As they go into this city, Saul meets Samuel and tells him that they're looking for the prophet. Samuel simply tells them that he is the prophet, they are the seer that they were seeking. Then they go up to 
the dinner, then Saul is given this portion, this large shoulder that had been reserved for him that Samuel, Samuel had laid aside in waiting for him. Samuel then also tells him that on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee and on all thy father's house? And Saul answers humbly and says, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? So Saul responds humbly to the call of the Lord and to the informing him that he is the chosen one of Israel. And so then Samuel invites Saul to stay the night and then leave the next morning. Then they calls him up and they commune for part of the night, just talking back and forth over some of these things. And then as they're leaving, the next day, Saul is told by Samuel to have his servant go forward until they, he was out of kind of either sight or hearing distance and then wait for him while Samuel talks with him. And that's where we leave off for this chapter. Now we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 14 and we're going to read from verses 34 through 35. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causeth shame. So righteousness exalteth a nation. The very right things, the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge that God has given is right. And if we follow after that, if a nation follows after that, that nation will be exalted because that is the perfect way of the Lord. It can't really be done without the, his spirit and his power, but that's part of the wisdom of God that we seek him for it. Every nation that stops seeking and following after God comes to the point of evil and destruction and pain and misery because we abandon God, because that nation abandons God. But sin is a reproach to any people. That reproach causes evil, causes destruction, causes consequences, causes shame and guilt and suffering, and that is a reproach to any people, that shame and guilt and suffering. The king's favor is toward a wise servant. The Lord, the king of kings, how much do you think his favor will be to those that are wise, that seek to save souls, to get souls saved by trusting in the Lord Jesus, and that try to be a help and a good blessing to all of those around him. But his wrath is against him that causeth shame. His wrath is against all those that reject his Son, Jesus Christ, to whom all glory and all power and all authority and all judgment is given. And that wrath will be poured out eventually, either upon the earth during the tribulation, the great tribulation, and also in the lake of fire, which is eternal separation and eternal death from God and from the presence of God. And how horrible is that? Now let's turn to the book of John, and we're going to read from the book of John, chapter 6, verses 22 through 42. And it says, The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one whereinto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone, how be it, there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping, and came to Capernaum, seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them, and said, 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all of which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Here in chapter 6 of the book of John, in this second part that we're looking at, the people that were at the other side of the Sea of Tiberias, when Jesus had given unto the 5,000 men and the multitudes that were with them of possibly their women and children and wives, uh, the bread and had fed all of them and fed, filled them so much and made so much more bread and food that 12 baskets were filled of it. When they saw the next day that he was gone, they were looking around, they saw that the boat that they had come on was gone, and that Jesus and his disciples were not there, and so they got in all in their boats, and other people, I imagine, walked around the, the giant lake, the Sea of Galilee, and came to Capernaum, and were looking for him. When they found him, they said unto him, uh, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? They didn't realize that they had left in the middle of the night, and or that Jesus had gone through the middle of the night. His disciples had gone over earlier before then and were caught in that storm. That storm possibly would have been so bad that everybody uh, tried to build shelters and kind of hunker down and take uh, shelter in place where they were, choosing not to go out on the sea during that storm for the fear of it. But they come to him and Jesus tells them, Verily I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat the loaves and were filled. And then he also gives them a promise that, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. And he, 
is telling them and showing them that they came to him because their needs were being met, not because of the miracles. And we should realize the same, that Jesus, he meets all of our needs. If we follow after him, if we come to him, if we yield to him, if we follow the leading of his Holy Spirit, he meets every single one of our needs to the point that we shall never hunger, we shall never thirst. Maybe this physical body will hunger or thirst and will have the needs that we need to meet of it, but the Spirit shall be and that is the greater eternal need. Jesus also responds to their statement that Moses had given their fathers manna to eat in the desert. And he responds that Moses actually didn't give that bread at all, but the Lord God, the Father in heaven, gave that manna in the desert. And now the Father has given the true bread from heaven by sending the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, from heaven. And Jesus also explains, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me and this is the father's will and so he clarifies it two different times this is the father's will which hath sent me that of all which he hath given me i should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day so establishing eternal security for any that are given unto him will never lose will never be lost and should never be lost from that time that they are saved. And this is also the will, in verse 40, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And so at that point that they come to the Lord Jesus Christ, that they see him and they believe on him, that is when they come to the point of salvation, turning from everything else, turning to the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation and trusting on him in their faith and for their salvation, believing on him, then they are given everlasting life. And as verse 39 says, that he never loses one of them. And then in verse 40 as well, and I will raise him up at the last day. And what a glorious thought that is that we shall be raised up even if we perish or go to sleep, as the Bible says, in this mortal body, our, we'll be in the spirit in heaven with him. And that at some day we'll have a resurrected glorified body as well. And, but sadly, many did not believe him, and they murmured at him, saying, He said he's the bread? Why, why is he saying he's bread? That, that's food. And why did, did he say he came down from heaven? Isn't this Joseph's son and Mary? We know his family. And since they, he had been with them for 30 years, growing up in the, these areas, people doubted his words. And sadly, many doubt him today too, to the point that they do not come to him in faith. They do not trust in him. They don't trust in God's word and they don't get saved. But let's not make that mistake. Let's spread this living bread, the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ that has come down from heaven to save the lost and to meet their every single need, starting with the Spirit and working from the inside out. Let's spread the gospel, friend. Thank you for listening today. I hope it has been a blessing for you to study the Word of God. If you have any praises or prayer requests, please send them to me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com. I'll be sure to look for those and to pray with you for them. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll see you tonight for the next episode of the Walk With God podcast for the 11 May 2020 podcast, and then tomorrow for the next next podcast as well. God bless you and have a great night.